You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, one of the things um, that we find a bit difficult to understand when we study the scriptures, uh, especially concerning the gifts of God, salvation, you know, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, it is by faith through grace, grace through faith that we are saved, not of works and all of that, is that, you know, complex mix that says it's free, so I don't have to do anything. One of our brothers said, if you get something free but you don't pay, you don't appreciate it. Let's take this uh, scenario now, okay? Um, okay, you might have a G-Wagon, okay? So you take your G-Wagon and um, you love it so much. And you bless him with your G-Wagon, okay? And when you give it to a do, it say it's impossible. You can't just bless me with this G-Wagon. How much does it cost? He say 50 million naira. It does say I'm going to contribute 5,000 naira for the price of this G-Wagon. And he deposits, he knows your account. He puts it into your account. So when he's driving his G-Wagon and they stop him and say, ah, how now? This is your car. Not. He says, yes, and they might bought it. Can he say that? But he contributed to the... Now, the truth is this. The value of our salvation, even if we shed all the blood that we have running in our veins, it will still be infinitesimally small to what the value or the cost of salvation is so in that sense we could never contribute praise the lord from god's side for me receiving salvation there's nothing i can do it's like you know we're going to lagos now we need to go to lagos some of us are going by air some of us are going by road and then i get to lagos by air and then we are going to the island and then i get into a car and I get to the island before someone comes by the road. And I tell the person, ah, the car I entered really was fast. The car you entered from Ikeja to island, you flew by air. The main fact is that you got to Lagos, what? By air. Now, going from Ikeja to VI by road, the speed of the vehicle though, is, is nothing compared to the 800 kilometers journey from Abuja to Lagos. Now, we can never, we would never contribute anything. Why? Because if you remove the God part, we are not saved. Praise the Lord. If we remove the gift part, we are not saved. What we are learning is after the gift has been given. So to help us understand that, let's go to Romans 12 verse 1. Uh, the apostle Paul was writing there. And he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now, at this 12 Paul had written about salvation, the gift of God, and all of that. And now he's saying, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, what? A living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What's he saying here? He's saying, let me paraphrase now. He's saying, based on what I've told you, based on what God has done, I am begging you. So now, in this case now, Let's assume now, Edo doesn't live in uh, Guagua Karimu now. But assuming he was living in Guagua Karimu. And then 
will now tell him, uh, ID, who's, you know, a consultant, will tell him, because of this car you're driving now, you can no longer live in Guagua Karimu. You can't park 50 million car in Guagua if you will make people who are not robbers to become robbers. Are you getting it now? Paul is saying here, I beseech you therefore, brethren, because of what God has done, praise the Lord. So our starting point in this understanding is that it's because of what he has done. So the price or the cost or whatever I'm thinking to do, just like in David's case now, the sacrifice that David paid around or honor for, could he stop an angel if he had gone from the get-go and bought rams and bought cows and bought bulls and started killing them? Will the angel listen to him? So the angel had stopped because of that stopping in appreciation he was saying, Lord, I'm so grateful. Accept this worship from me. It's all getting in. So that's the way this transaction goes. So God does what he does. Now, the Apostle Paul writing to us there now says, because of what God's done, I'm begging you, what should you do? He says that you present your bodies, what? A living sacrifice. Now, that is where it gets interesting now. Our brother reminded us the parable of the kingdom says, this man sells all that he has. When the person sells all that he has and buys the treasure, it means he has nothing else but what? That field. Are you with me? Now, the apostle Paul is now saying here, the same way in this kingdom, because of what God has done, you know what you give to him? You bring yourself. And then when they say, where do you live? Where do I live? You ask God. What do you want to be? Ask God, what do I want to be? What do you want to eat? Say, God, what do I want to eat? A sacrifice normally is that you bring it, they kill it. Are you with me? But Paul is saying this sacrifice, now because the gift is for you to enjoy it, this sacrifice, when it comes, they won't kill it. But now what happens is that all the desire of this sacrifice is no longer there. His desire is now changed to the desire of his owner. So I give you a gift, okay? By reason of that gift, you give yourself back to the giver. Is it confusing? It's clear. So I beseech you by the, that you present your bodies a living. So don't kill yourself. But now, you see, it's, it's very easy. You know, it's, it's easy to understand in our world now, okay? Male and female relationship. Um, quite a lot of people... You know, ladies have fallen in love with a man, not because they love the man, but the man so sports them. You want to laugh, the man gives you, what do they give people who want to laugh? You want to do hair, he buy hair. You want to go to Dubai, he gives you a ticket. You want, you cough, he sends you doctor. Everything the man sends you. Before you know it, the lady is what? Falling for the man. What is happening is now, be, by reason of the message, the kindness, the generosity of the man, the lady is throwing herself to him. Is surrendering herself. That's why it's not advisable as a lady to receive gifts from persons, you know, to a particular extent. If possible, not even at all. Just be careful. Because those things will move you. Praise the Lord. The man is just nice. Well, it's to be found. Are you with me? Okay, so Paul says this. You present yourselves a living sacrifice. Wholly acceptable to God, which is now. He say, which is reasonable. You're reasonable. He say, it only makes sense based on this gift you've received. You understand now? 
Now go to verse 2. This is where will help us understand it now. Verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that what will now happen? That you may prove what is that good, acceptable. So this gift that is given to you, you have not proven it to. So I only begin to prove the gift after I must have presented my body what? A living sacrifice. So it's like a trick situation. But like our brother noted at, at our lunch our fellowship today, the conversation of God with us is not in fine print. It's clear. That's why Lord Jesus Christ will say, you cannot be my disciple unless you first deny yourself. Take up your cross. What is your cross? Your cross is God's assignment to you. It's God's purpose, God's calling for you. Okay? So he says, you can't do this with me unless you deny what your own plan or imagination of your own purpose was and take up my own and follow me. But he says, when you do that, you'll find life. So here now, the Apostle Paul is saying, based on what God has done, this is what you need to do. Present your body. Sorry, just, just give him your body. Don't want to take him and go your own direction. It won't work. So it says, present your bodies, living sacrifice. Why am I present? It says that I may now prove. The word prove is to confirm. Isn't it? That you may prove, that you may establish, that you may confirm, that you may validate that God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. So do I want more evidences, proofs of God's gift manifested in me? What should I check? I should check my surrendering side. Am I allowing him? Have I surrendered myself? Should I give you a scenario now in the Bible that will help us? Okay, so we know Joseph, okay? Joseph, a young boy, probably 11 years, started dreaming and dreaming and dreaming. And God said, this is what I'm going to do. You're going to be great. I'm going to get your father, you know, your siblings. All of them are going to bow down before you. And Joseph shouted, hooray, hooray, hooray. Now, he didn't know the process, but thank God he obeyed. What do we find next? Joseph's brother said, let's kill him. God said, no, <laughs> you can't kill him. I have a future for him. Okay? So he said, he, he made it impossible for them to kill him. So they devised the other method. Let's sell him off. And they sold him to slavery. Do you know that when Joseph found himself a slave, he could have been such a bad slave that he will never experience the full plan of God for his life. Praise God. Joseph was made prime minister by favor or by labor. You people are too smart. You know most places when they teach people, they say favor, favor, Joseph's favor, overnight miracle. They're deceiving people. The King Raymond was telling us today, he said, I like the way he put it. He said, they tell you about the proceeds. They don't tell you about the procedure. The proceed without the process. That's like the way human beings do their business. That's fine prints. So they tell you, you know, this thing does this, and then they write under all kinds of things that they don't want you to read. Okay? So Joseph had the gift. This is God's future. But Joseph had to continually surrender himself to whatever God wanted to do with himself, with him. And that's how come he was moving from one state to the other, one state to the other. At a point, it seemed like he was totally off course. But then what do we find at the end? That Joseph proved 
he established, he confirmed, he validated that God's perfect will. That's the way it functions. So Joseph could have said, no, no, do you know me? I'm my father's favorite son. I can't be a houseboy. The only thing they'll do is that they'll beat him, beat him, beat him until instead of serving in the house, because in those days, the grade of a slave was determined by how close to the master he served. The low-grade slave will serve with the farm animals and all of that. So the higher you are in grade, the closer to the master you got. So we could see how Joseph was being faithful and was being promoted until Potiphar handed to him what? Everything that was in his house except his wife. Why? Because this man understood to surrender himself. Now, the Spirit of God inside of you will continue to lead you in that path that will cause the manifestation of God's purpose for your life. The only challenge is this. It will not always look like what you think. And that's why Paul said to us, do not be what? Conformed. That's where the taking away is important. That's where the unclothing is important. That's where the denying is important. Because as long as we don't deny, as long as we don't say no to what is the norm, we cannot experience the supernatural that God has for us. Somebody say we receive grace in Jesus' name. So you and I actually do not behave the way we want. We rather behave the way we see. And one of my prayers for us is that we will see the kingdom. You don't behave the way you want. Every choice, every decision you've made is only in line with what and how you're seeing the situation. It's according to the revelation that you have. That's why you read the epistles many times. Paul will write and say, I say, therefore. He's saying, based on this, because of this, because of this. Are you getting me now? Because of this. So you look at your life and you want to step back. Which is my prayer for you and for me as a preacher to make sure I communicate so that every time people listen to me, they will see God. They will see God high and lifted up. They will see God exalted. It's one total package. Praise the Lord. Because when you really see God as he is, the truth is that you will not be afraid of man. You will not be afraid of sickness. You will not be afraid of poverty. You will not be afraid of failure. Fear will go completely. Praise the Lord. The problem is lack of revelation. That's why the Bible says, my people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. What knowledge? Knowledge of God. Knowledge of the Holy One. You see him as a young child for the rest of your life. You have a life, a testimony that cannot be shaken. Okay? So that's what determines. That's why the beginning of the journey, you know, there are basic things that you actually did not understand how important they are until the Spirit of God refers you, you know, back to them. John 3 verse 3, unless a man be born again, what can't happen? He can't see. He said to me, tell them, that scene, that foundation is important because when you're now born again, you begin to see from a completely different perspective. You see the kingdom. So when you're born again, you see the kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know what he's just telling me now? So all the things I could see before I'm born again is not the kingdom. What are the things you could see before you got born again? Marriage, children, cars. Could you see them before? Academic degrees, right? You could see them before. If you could see them without being born again, then they're not the kingdom. Hallelujah, somebody. Am I the one saying it? Is it not the Bible? Or were you born again from birth? So from the moment you become born again, you see the kingdom. What is the kingdom? 
the kingdom is, you know, God's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy. The kingdom is Jesus and his domain. The kingdom is Jesus saying to the Father, you are my brother. All of a sudden, the creator is no longer introducing you as those people. My people. My creation. The creator is saying that you are a joint heir with him. All of a sudden, the angels of heaven are looking at you and wondering, why is the father so mindful of you? That's what the kingdom is about. All of a sudden, they're realizing that everything God had been doing from eternity past is for you. He says, who are these men that you're so mindful? That is the kingdom. The kingdom is that God the father is not happy on his own anymore. He wants to make sure his, you know, his children are with him. He wants to make sure. Jesus now is making intercession so that you come into his inheritance. You come into what he paid for. Jesus is not satisfied again without you. He says he shall see of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. That's the kingdom. All of a sudden, I who was no person, I was only fit to be condemned. All of a sudden, I become a treasure to God. That is the kingdom. Praise the Lord. You're born again, you see. You begin to see, oh, the wages of sin should be death. But I have what? The gift of God, which is what? Eternal life. That's the kingdom. All of a sudden, you see God's holiness. He who dwells in light unapproachable. Then all of a sudden, you look at yourself. Your death, in the, your filthy righteousness, you look at it and they strip you of it. They clothe you with a robe of righteousness. All of a sudden, where the angels, the angels, there's a limit to how close the angels can come before God. But all of a sudden, we that are his children can come close to him. That's the kingdom. All of a sudden, you begin to see that the world that we're in is passing away. But there's a new heaven and a new earth. And that you're going to reign as kings and, you know, kings and priests in that new heaven and a new earth. That's the kingdom. This is what men saw. And when they said, deny Christ. They say, how do you want to kill us? Brethren, if a man that has seen the kingdom is threatened with death, what are they threatening him with? Next hundred years. Thank God the queen has finally died. I'm not happy she died though. But at least she died. So you know that every human being can die. There, there is no Ajebota that we could have found like the queen. There is no health care that anybody could have enjoyed like the queen. There is no desire. So she has lived. Methuselah. And she, that's not the kingdom. When the Bible talks about the kingdom, it talks about the power of an endless life. The kingdom is talking about a life that will never end. Do you understand? That's the, those are the things you begin to see. Praise the Lord. I want to pray and believe that the, ki- the, that the queen, you know, being the head of the Anglican church, knew Jesus. And if she knew Jesus, she would be amongst the saints worshipping Jesus now. Praise the Lord. But if she didn't know him, that's serious. So the kingdom... 96 years, 100 years on earth is not up to a breath in eternity. And in that eternity, your royalty, praise the Lord. A few saints that I've experienced after, you know, uh, after death experience, say that angels receive them. You see all that ceremony for the burial of the queen. The angels that are going to receive you into the kingdom, they'll be more glorious. You, 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 everyone here that is born again, that's the kingdom. So, when you're born again, you see the kingdom. You see yourself glorious. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's what it is. You see your purity. You also see your power. Because in the kingdom, you're given authority. That's why it says you shall step on serpents and scorpions. And they shall what? By no means harm you. Why? You're a citizen of the kingdom. However, what confuses us, you know, 
what confuses us is that differentiation you know one statement you should never forget as a christian is a statement our lord jesus christ made before Pilate. he said if my kingdom were of this world i would have asked the father and he will send soldiers the angels and they'll deliver me what does it mean sometimes in the interest of the real kingdom they don't see what you're going through here as anything but they will never allow your eternal purpose to be compromised so if you're getting discouraged maybe you need to read jesus's statement that in the eternal scheme of things this pain means nothing you know the spirit of god was reminding me he said jesus had 12 disciples we know what happened with judas but look at the other 11 the 11 were beloved right one of them not up to four or five years after jesus died they cut off his head he didn't suffer loss in the kingdom james they cut off his head okay he didn't suffer loss in the kingdom his testimony is still there now peter we know peter peter wrote two epistles okay we know um, um, John, John wrote the Acts of the Apostle and did this. We know some, there are some of them, their names we didn't hear after that time. Do you understand? But they didn't miss the kingdom. Some of us here are downcast because we are feeling our ministry, our essence, our purpose is not, you know, we are not having one million likes. Even out of the 11 disciples, some of them were never mentioned again. But in the kingdom... They say they are going to sit on thrones. Is someone getting what I'm saying? It's, it's lack of seeing the kingdom that is our problem. We're only seeing this world. So you're serving. You're being faithful to what God called you to do. You're doing what God asked you to do. And then you're looking at in the kingdom of this world. And you're saying you're not encouraged. How can you be walking, you know, in Kenya? And be looking for encouragement in Ghana? As a child of the kingdom, when you need encouragement, fall on your knees before your father. Down at your feet, oh Lord, is my most high place. You go there and you find encouragement. When you come out, man, Jesus said to us, he said, if they call the master Beelzebub, those are the things you see in the kingdom. Okay, so unless you're born again, it's what you see, that's it. So remember, how, how did we even get to this study we're doing now? We saw that Jesus was property and we're seeing his value. So it's how you see and he further explained to me in that john chapter 3 if you read further down he said there's a problem that i should tell us about that you know i should also he says there are calls when you make phone calls there are international calls there are you know um across language calls so there's an interpreter he said many times there are international international communication problems in which case you are in this kingdom and you're trying for the people in the other kingdom to understand you or to appreciate you. Do you get it now? Internatural. Internature. So now you're in this kingdom. You're a new nature. You have a new nature. You have a divine nature. Now somebody is there wanting to be understood and accepted or have conversation at par with some persons who are in the natural kingdom. And then you come home every day and you're wondering what's going on. Did you get a translator? They said to you, we don't want you. Get away. Go. You're this and that. And then you're thinking that's what... They're talking from their nature. It's an internatural communication. So when they push you, when they say they hate you, 
your own kingdom, what that means is that you're bearing witness. Is someone getting what I'm saying? When it seems as though in the world you're not, you know, mattering. When you convert it to the language of your kingdom, your master is looking at you and saying, well done. Is somebody getting in there? These are the things when you now begin to walk in the spirit. I'm going to show you, you know, how how this plays out. Our Lord Jesus was speaking, um, John 3.10. Let's let's read John 3.10. He he, he said to Nicodemus, he said, Abba, Abba. He said, are you the teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? When you go home, read further down. He said, what about when I now begin to tell you heavenly things? I'm still at your level now. I get it what I'm saying. The thing is this. You are born again. Somebody, let me say I'm born again. I'm a child of the kingdom. I have a different nature. Yes. What is health to me now doesn't necessarily mean health to the world people. What is promotion to me now doesn't necessarily mean promotion to the world people. To the people of the world. I am born again. And that's why we have to start with born again. If you miss this point, you're going to develop issues as you go on in your Christian life. Okay? So, 1 Corinthians 2.9. It says, But as it, as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for one, those who love him. It says, But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all, all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. He said, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We have not received the Spirit of the world. We have not received the calibration of the world. May you get this in the name of Jesus. When Christians begin to calibrate their success, their progress, their failure, whatever, based on what is from God, not what is from the world. It's a shame when, when we call for testimonies in church, the only testimonies we'll share will fit into an, a Zenith Bank testimony. It will fit into a Coca-Cola Bank testimony. The other day, I almost wanted to buy a crate of Coke because they had an advert in Coca-Cola advert. One man called and he had one free ticket to Qatar to go and watch the World Cup. And they say, if you open the bottle, you find it. I say, oh boy, make I go. <laughs> Let me open one bottle of Coke and get free to get to Qatar. You understand? Most of our testimonies are just like the worst testimonies. But I thank God for, you know, you see, you're not able to come physically for get connected. Eh? Please join online. It's a blessing. You just hear all kinds of testimonies. All kinds of powerful testimonies. Things that people share. Okay, two days ago, we had the story of somebody who rented out, um, he's in business of equipment renter. So he rented out uh, keyboards. You know how much those things cost now. The person who rented it from him was a criminal. Took it and escaped. So this person reported to police and all of that. You know, the number that he used wasn't going through. Okay. A few days after, about four or five days, I can't remember exactly. The thief, who they were trying to contact by phone and all of that, the phone was switched off. Called the man and said, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Go to, on the road, he dropped the two keyboards on the, a particular road. And said, go to that road and take your keyboard. I don't want to die. I don't know what you're doing. I don't want to die. That's how the guy went there on the road and picked his two keyboards. Now, you know what happened? When this person told the wife about what had happened, the testimony is that every night... 12 midnight, 
Human ghetto. Now, we don't know what the thief saw. But somebody said there is power in this kingdom. <laughs> Do you understand? There is power in this kingdom. It a walk. Thank you, sir. It a walk. It a walk. He went to police. Police must have taken some money from him already. Fuel money. GSM money. Yeah? Richard money. Statement uh, paper for statement money. The person left it on the road. Say, so go and take it. I don't want to die. There's power in this kingdom. Praise the Lord. There's power. But when you measure yourself, it says we have not received the spirit that is of the world, but the spirit which is from God. It says that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with what? Spiritual. I pray for the time when, as Christians, when we gather, we're speaking spiritual. We're rejoicing in spiritual. We're encouraging ourselves in spiritual. Praise the Lord. It says these things, the natural man does not receive them all. These things of the Spirit of God. He said, for that foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because what? They are spiritually discerned. It goes on the last verse says there, who has known the mind of Christ? Still getting back to that software. So we as Christians, because it's in this path that we will prove what is that good, acceptable. Remember that Romans 12 too, what does it say? Do not be conformed. Do not operate. Do not think. Do not allow yourself to be straightjacketed by the system of this world. Praise the Lord, somebody. Don't allow it. The, the pressure is there. You will count time. Time is passing. Time is passing. For Joseph's story, you know, as time passed, Joseph went deeper. It wasn't just that he was stagnated. He was dignated. That they were digging and he was going down. Eh? He was going down. He was going down. But none of those things could stop his lifting. But you know what? Isn't that the pattern of our Lord Jesus Christ? Is there anybody that looks like his story? I can say to you, congratulations. There's a lifting up of the head. In the name of Jesus Christ. Okay? So, so we have that and we understand that these things are so different for those of us who have seen. So the battle, that no wonder the spiritual battle is about seeing. About seeing, about knowledge, about understanding, about comprehension. About the words that we place on things. If you go through your Bible, many times you'll see situations that will take place. And you just see that people judge the same thing completely different ways. We have the account of, um, this one is so painful and so shameful. John 12. When the woman had broken her alabaster flask and was worshipping Jesus. You know, the same Jesus. Judas, verse 4 to 6 says, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who will betray him, said what? He said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Okay, let's leave what they told us why he said it. But to Judas, Jesus didn't deserve that. The same Jesus. Praise the Lord. But to the woman who broke it, Jesus deserved it and more. Because she didn't just break it and was sprinkling it. She was on the floor. 
So just like the centurion, she was saying, this thing I'm bringing doesn't even, is not enough. She was on the floor. Why? Because her revelation, she saw the king of kings. She saw the Lord of lords. She saw the maker of the universe. She saw the lover of her soul. She saw the one that said to death, stop. And said to her, leave. It was her sight. It was her sin. May the Lord open her eyes in the name of Jesus. You see, your Christianity can't go further than your vision. And when I say vision, it's not what you write out. It's your vision of Christ. I'm an accountant, but I don't teach that type of vision. Because when Jesus, all the people Jesus called, he didn't tell them, you're going to be an apostle to this place. He said, follow me. He never told them, okay, sit down and write your future. Even to, when Peter was asking too much questions, he said, what is that to you? Just follow me. It's your vision of Jesus. When you see him, just like where we started, when you see the worth in him, what he does is that he begins to influence your decisions. Now, that influence becomes a steering wheel. Holy Spirit, help me to communicate this. You see, when Joseph was tempted in Potiphar's house, what were his options? You know, Potiphar was the chief security for Pharaoh. Okay? So he was the person who disciplined people, who threw people in jail for Pharaoh and all of that. So Joseph must have heard screams and shouts of people under torture who didn't look for Potiphar's trouble. Now you're looking for his own trouble. Do you understand? That's the type of problem that was before him. But you see, in Joseph's head, there was some value he placed to his relationship with God that made him say, I will still turn in this direction. I cannot do this injustice against God. Brethren, that is the vision you need to have. The vision that a young lady will have, the vision that a young man will have, that will not make provision for him to deny, compromise, put to shame the name of the Lord. When you have that, you will arrive at a future you can't believe you got to. That's what it is. To see him high and lifted up. That's all you need. Anywhere they throw you, you're just doing what you When it comes this way, will dishonor the Lord. This way will honor him. No matter how attractive it is, you go through the Bible. It's the same thing. The Bible talked about Moses. What did they say about Moses? It said Moses, he denied, he refused. He turned his back to the treasures of Egypt. Enduring as one who was... Who, sees, who has seen the invisible? Up to today, we are calling Moses. If Moses had kept the treasures of Egypt, he and they would have been buried now. Moses is appearing in the Mount of Transfiguration now. He would have been discovered by archaeologists now. But now he's coming from above. Why? Because he could see. He could see. He wasn't seeing himself leading the children of Israel. He just saw that this is not the promise. This is not the kingdom. So he sees him high and lifted up. And that sight, that vision, influences his decision. Just like in this case now, we saw the same Jesus and Judas. All he cared for Jesus was, bring this money, put in the basket, let me steal from. Do you know that many of us still shortchange ourselves in our relationship with God at that level? So did Judas want to be around Jesus? He, of course, he wanted but did he know Jesus for all that he was? Of course he didn't know. Jesus was a means to his prosperity. Jesus was a step closer to his prosperity. May our Christianity not be that in Jesus' name. 
May our Christianity be for the one who has the best for us in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Oh, okay, um, I think we can just stop here. I want us to pray. I want us to pray and um, I just point out this before we pray because it, it captures what we are talking about, worth. In Acts chapter 5, we, we see something that happened there as well. But where we look at these things is, they are the safe areas that we are looking at. Safety, you know, they will keep us in the straight and narrow path. And in that straight and narrow path, glory is assured us in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 5, we have the account. I, I won't read the whole account. We have the account when Peter and John, after they had healed the lame man, the scribes and Pharisees warned them they should not preach in the name of Jesus. And they were put in prison. And an angel of the Lord went and brought them out from this prison. The doors were still locked. The security men were still in front of the prison. And said to them, go and continue preaching. So they came out and continued preaching. Okay? Verse 39. Gamaliel said to them, when they had wanted to, you know, do some more terrible things. Gamaliel said to them, leave this people. What are they doing? If it is of God, you cannot overthrow it. Lest you even be found to fight against God. 40 says, and they agreed with him. And when they had called for the disciples and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now look at 41 and 40, what 41 said, 41 in particular. It says, so they departed from the presence of the council. What were they doing? What did they do to them? They beat them. What were they doing? What did they do to them? What were they doing? Is what they could see. Is what they could see. Okay, some of us are still young here. You will not get into all those um, associations in the university. But when I was in the university, you know, I I joined Paris Confraternity. Now, in the process of joining, you know they will beat you. You know they will do all kinds of things to you. But you see, you just want to join. Do you understand? And they will beat you. You're not complaining. Because you're seeing yourself becoming a correct guy. Do you understand? You're seeing yourself becoming, you know, amongst the, the bad guys. So, there, it's not accident that they start beating you. You see some people come back with injuries from the last one. Do you get it? I, I want you to see vision. So, when some people say this thing, this thing. When you see the exalted Christ, these men were beaten, but they were rejoicing. They were rejoicing that they were counted worthy. To suffer for that name. When, you, when such people call that name, you think demons will waste time. That's what we're talking. When you see the value in that name, when you, you don't say some things because of that name, you want to say something, remember. You don't say it. What you're doing that time is that you're compressing power. You know, for, for a weapon to go and explode, there is a compression that needs to take place. That's what the, your lifestyle does. So that when you mention that name Jesus, ah, heaven will move. Earth will move. Beneath the earth will move. Do you understand? Because you have so valued it. So it's, it's not the name of Jesus that I only want when I want sugar. Eh? Sugar Jesus. Mm-mm. The worth of that name. Just like you see some people. There, there was one movie we watched some time ago. You know? And this woman, robbers came to her house. And they were stealing things, stealing things, carrying, you know, things from her house. She was watching, I think she must have been watching a soap opera or something. When they went for her TV, that's when she started fighting. She said, you can't stop me from watching TV. 
you have this value, there are some things that you will not tolerate. This name, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I cannot stand that name being dishonored. I will not speak words that will dishonor that name. I will not behave in a way that will dishonor that name. I will not also be left in a situation that will bring the name of the Lord must be glorified in my life. That is what you begin to know by experience because you know he's big. Tonight, I just want you to ask that the Lord will open your eyes to see him high and lifted, to see him exalted, to see him beyond your problems, beyond your enemies, beyond Nigeria's problem, beyond all the things that are going on around you, beyond your creditors. God, in a moment of time, will change you from a debtor to a creditor. He's beyond everything, every challenge, every circumstance. He's all of that and more. He is Jehovah. He is God. He is big. He is mighty. He is awesome. He is wonderful. He does glorious things. He does wonderful things. Lord, I want to see you high. Open my eyes. Let me see the greatness of my God. Let me see the awesomeness of the one that I worship. You are never late. Somebody thinks that this thing is getting too late. With Jehovah, there is no lateness. He changes times and seasons. He is God Almighty. He can move the hand of the clock back. He can do things and he will restore to you the years, the canker worm, that this palmer worm, everything. He brings a restoration that makes you thank God for the days of the denial and the pain. The God we serve is big. All that we are saying tonight is, Lord, I want to see you like you are. I want to see you big. I want to see your holiness. I want to see your righteousness. I want to see your majesty. So that I will worship you. So that I will devote my life to you appropriately. So that I will love you like I should love you. You are worthy, O Lord. You are God. You are Jehovah. You are the almighty. You are the I am that I am. You are the creator of the universe. You are the one who takes no permission from anybody. Do you know that God is sovereign? That's what it means. Sovereignty means he does not need to consult. He does not need to ask permission. He does not need approval. He is the most high God. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I exalt you. You are high and lifted up. In my eyes, O oh Lord, you are exalted. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.